Welcome into the inaugural Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Alongside Joe Fortenball, I am Doug Kazarian. As we break new ground here at ESPN, a weekday podcast around this time, posted every day. Uh, no more than 10 minutes, just setting the table for the day's biggest games. And uh, Tyler Fulgham will also be in the mix. It'll be the three of us sort of rotating as we will have two hosts each weekday. And uh, really exciting times. Joe, how are you, sir? Doug, I'm doing great. I'm ready to rock and roll with you, buddy. We got a lot to get to here. Well, yeah, let's talk about it because finally we have an NCAA tournament bracket, something unfortunately we did not have last year. COVID was the ultimate bracket buster, but we get the bracket out this week. Things get going. Different uh, tweak to the schedule this year. Obviously, Friday is the first full day of games. Joe, any, anything jump out to you? Because we're going to talk about the tournament all week, of course, but anything jump out to you right off the bat? I'd say the first future I'd be willing to bet would be the Texas Longhorns to win the East bracket at plus 850. I think it's the weakest bracket in terms of the number one seed. As great as Michigan was this year, losing 6-7 wing Isaiah Livers has been detrimental to that team, to say the least. And Texas is a team a lot of people were sleeping on. They had the COVID pause back in January. They came off the pause and immediately lost three straight to Oklahoma, Baylor, and Oklahoma State, and then everyone forgot about them. But they're a well-coached team. They can knock down the three. They play great defense. They they're, they won five straight coming into this tournament, including beating a smoking hot Oklahoma State team. I can see them escaping the East, and at plus 850, I think there's a little bit of value there, Doug. Yeah, they have great guard play and also make their free throws, as they demonstrated the Big 12 championship game against Okie State. As of now, haven't done the final bracket, Joe, but I, I actually have the Longhorns coming out uh, of that region. I'm looking at Oregon, and you can get about 25-1 to 1 to come out of the West region. And yes, the Ducks did not win their conference tournament, and they are only a seven seed, but this is still Dana Altman in March, and he's been spectacular. And I think they have what the goods to get past Gonzaga if they, in fact, meet in the Elite Eight. But just 25-1. to 1, Dana Altman, Kansas is in that path, if you will. But I trust the Ducks to even get by Iowa and then Kansas. So it'll be a, some obviously high-profile programs slash players of Garza's in his way, in their way, I should say. But uh, for 25-1, to 1, I got to take a piece of Oregon. But again, we're going to talk much more throughout the week. Tyler Fulgham, who you also know from Daily Wager, also part of this three-man rotation. It'll just be two of us every day. Uh, get you set, setting the table of that day. Now, for today, we actually have a big slate in the NBA, Joe. We have a doubleheader on ESPN. It starts with Knicks, Nets, and obviously both teams sort of grabbing headlines this year. The Nets recently picking up Blake Griffin, battling the injury bug with uh, Kevin Durant, and then the Knicks, one of the biggest surprises this year. I'm looking at the under in this game, and I know that may seem crazy given how much the Nets have been scoring, but the total's been dropping. Earlier in the day, it was sitting up around 2 25. It's now down anywhere to around 223, 223 and a half for two key reasons, in my opinion. Number one, we all know about the Knicks this year. 30th in pace, fourth in defensive efficiency. They like to play at that methodical tempo and they can lock you down. So you're not going to see a whole lot of games with the Knicks featuring 240 or more points. But the key here is to look at Brooklyn and how their pace has slowed down the last few weeks. They have played 26 games since the acquisition of James Harden. Now, of those first 15 games, seven of them had a pace of 102 or higher. But of the last 11 games, only one 
has had a pace of 102 or higher. I know that's a lot of numbers to throw out. So the easy way to translate this is as follows. The first half of the Harden run was at a much more frenetic pace than as of late. I don't know if they're getting tired or if they're playing a different style, but because that pace is coming down, you're seeing less scoring. And in the game against the Pistons over the weekend, there were only 195 total points. I like the under here between the Nets and the Knicks. Yeah, if I had to jump in on this game, and I kind of do like the side, typically the Knicks, excuse me, the Nets struggle in like these big spread games. Now, I do think this is a big game. They've been, basically, they've been great national TV games, something like 10 and two or something uh, against the spread. And these bigger price games, it's when they kind of like play down to their opponents, so to speak. They haven't been as strong against the spread. I do think this is a quote unquote big game, even though we do have a kind of a big spread. But it's the Knicks' first half. They've been a machine the last uh, few weeks or so. They've failed to cover, I think, like once or twice. So, I would actually take the Knicks plus four and a half here in the first half if I had to play the game. But game two interests me more, and that is the Warriors hosting the Lakers. And LA's a short road favorite, lane two and a half here. And we saw them uh, an absolute beatdown the last time these two teams played on a Sunday. Now, yesterday, the Warriors really impressed me. Steph, not just Steph's 32 points on his birthday, but you had the triple-double from Draymond Green. And, and Andrew Wiggins was the difference maker, really. 12 of 16 from the field. They weathered every sort of comeback attempt by the Jazz and took care of business. I'm not, a lot went right. And I don't know if Wiggins can repeat it. I trust the Lakers defense. I would actually play the under here, 224, with the Lakers and, and, and Warriors. I lean to the Lakers side. There's some twos out there in the market. And two and a half mostly is the consensus line. But I would go under 224. I think the length of the Lakers, and I just don't trust them to make consistent shots. I think with Wiseman back, and obviously Draymond Green, the Warriors can play some stif- uh, a little bit better defense than they've showed over the run, but uh, I'm on the under in game two. I'd be willing to lay the points here with the Lakers. I think they have a situational edge for sure. This is just their second game since coming off the all-star break, and they haven't played since that five-point win over Indiana on Friday. So rest, fourth quarter endurance shouldn't be an issue here at, at all, especially considering we just saw Golden State yesterday. And I think that's a key as well. That was a big-time game, and they blew out a really good Jazz team to where the, I think a lot of people might be overvaluing the Warriors just a bit in this spot. Remember, second half of a back-to-back. So far this season, in the second half of a back-to-back, the Warriors are just three and four straight up, three and four against the spread. And those three wins came against the Kings, the Pacers, and the Spurs. Not exactly the who's who of the NBA. You throw in the fact that the Lakers are first in the NBA in defensive rating, I think they can cover the short number here. Totally makes sense. Uh, no travel for the uh, Warriors on that back-to-back. And like you mentioned, Lakers have not played since Friday. And uh, by the way, a- Anthony Davis still still out for quite some time. So just keep an eye on that injury as LeBron is now the favorite given the Joel Embiid injury. LeBron is your betting favorite for the MVP. One game that's caught my eye, probably not on national television. No, just kidding. Of course it's not. But it's Charlotte minus three against the Kings. Sacramento, one of the worst teams in the NBA against the spread, 16-22. and 22. Uh, they obviously have some firepower. There's some. They have their moments, but I'm going to go with Charlotte. Sneaky good team at home. Lamella Ball, the overwhelming favorite, minus a thousand at last check for rookie of the year. I just like Charlotte to cover the short number of three at home here. I don't disagree. And if I was to throw one more in here, I'd play the under in the Suns Grizzlies matchup tonight. It's two twenty-seven and a half. Phoenix was embarrassed on Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday against the Pacers. They lost outright by 11 after the closing number of minus seven. They played terrible defense. The Pacers shot 52% from the field and 46% from deep. That's absolutely insane. I think you get a much better 
defensive effort from Phoenix tonight. And when it comes to Memphis, they're 19th in offensive rating. It's not like they've been scoring a whole lot this season. I like that game to stay under 227 and a half. Yeah, it'll be really interesting because Indiana did some nice things. They got Karis LeVert. It was the first game back with him. And they ran, like they went quick offense instead of letting Phoenix get into their half-court sets. I wonder if Memphis does the same there. I'll be tracking the total on some live wagering. I may just jump on the live over if I kind of see the Grizzlies taking a page out of the Pacers' book. But to your point, they don't have all the weapons Indiana does. So it'll be interesting to see what Phoenix does. Cam Johnson did not play in that game. But yeah, certainly a uh, surprise. It was about a similar spread. It was a seven-point spread in that one as well. All right, that's going to do it. Um, Again, we'll be posting this podcast, the Daily Wager podcast, Around this time, every weekday, Tyler Fulgham will be in the rotation as well. And then Daily Wager still nightly, 6 Eastern this week. No show Thursday. And then Friday, we will have an 11 a.m. Eastern getting you set for the big day of tournament action. And I guess we should also say hi to our producer, Daniel Dopp. Dopp, I know, uh, do you feel a little dirty cheating on the fantasy football guys? Dirty? (laughs) No way, Doug. No way, Doug. As long as we can have good and happy podcast listeners, I am happy to be wherever I am needed. Well, you can tell them it, it, it doesn't mean a thing. It's not where your heart's at. So if you ever get it, but uh, all right. Well, it is the Ides of March here. So fun to uh, kick this off. Obviously, talking tournament all week. And uh, hope everyone uh, enjoys the podcast.